0: Hey, what's going on, coach? Welcome back to a special value-filled episode with Ricky Shetty. Ricky Shetty's been traveling the world. He's currently visited, as of this recording, 81 countries with his wife and three young kids while running a location-independent coaching business with a few different multiple revenue streams. So if you're a coach and you're looking to maybe travel the world or maybe not, you're still gonna get a lot of value from this episode we're gonna dive into some of the things that Ricky does to build his business and also some of the uh, some of the struggles and the hardships of traveling the world with three kids um, and, and facing a lot of obstacles, especially when it comes to my beloved Wi-Fi. When I hear that someone doesn't have steady, fast Wi-Fi, I freak out because Wi-Fi to me is like my connection to the world, running an online business. So if you're a coach and you're thinking of building an online business and you want to see and hear from someone who's in a total underdog position, every problem you can possibly face, he's overcome Then you're really going to enjoy. And make sure you check out lucasrubix.com for more episodes like these when it comes to building an online coaching business. That podcast is the number one resource for helping coaches build an online business. You'll also get access into the Six Figure Coach Academy, which is 100% completely free. So is this podcast. I don't ask for anything in return, but if you have found value in this podcast, please like and share, leave a comment, leave a review. And share it with a coaching friend or two who you know could use some strategies, some tools, and some advice to help them build their online coaching business. Because I really believe that coaches are at the center of change. We make change so freaking quick. But yet enough coaches aren't getting paid what they're worth, and they're not getting the clients they really deserve. So my whole mission is to really change the world one coaching client at a time. And if I could help more coaches get more clients... Then I get to leverage myself and help more and more people. So if that interests you, check out lucasrubix.com, leave us a review, enjoy the podcast, enjoy the episode, and I'll see you inside. What is going on? Welcome to The Coach's Corner, a podcast dedicated to helping coaches get more clients, make more money, and book themselves solid. I'm your host, Lucas Rubix, The Coach's Coach, and I am 100% committed to helping you build the coaching business of your Dream. Welcome to The Coach's Corner. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of The Coach's Corner, helping coaches get more clients, make more money, and book themselves on. we got a pretty cool guest, the first of his kind on this
1: episode, uh, Ricky Shetty. How you doing, Ricky? I'm doing amazing, Lucas. So great to connect with you again, my friend. I love what you're doing, and I love to be a part of it. Thanks
0: so much, man. Uh, we're we're going to dive into... Why you're such a special guest in a few seconds here. But first, I want to give a bit of a background on, on, on who Ricky is. And Ricky, feel free to correct me as I go through this. Uh, but Ricky Oder is the owner and operator of Daddy Blogger, where he writes about parenting from a father's perspective with a big emphasis on family troubles, younger kids. He's also a location-independent coach, specifically coaching digital nomads on how to start, build a coaching practice, and probably all of the struggles and obstacles that come along with coaching from abroad from moving i don't know how many countries you visited i was looking at the map and it looks like you visited how many
1: countries 81 countries on six continents
0: while running your digital, while running your online business coaching i think you have a few multiple revenue streams it's one i want to get into with you as well in a few minutes here which is amazing i'm excited to hear about all the um i'm almost more excited to hear about the struggles than the good times because i'm sure on a weekly basis there's some new problem that you're just like wow a new problem to overcome right Yes, absolutely. Every freaking day. Awesome. And just to continue the rest of your bio here, uh, Ricky and his family are traveling around the world as part of their Daddy Blogger World Tour, visiting Asia, the Middle East, Africa, South America, Central America. Yeah, Ricky's been to 81 countries. Has that been
1: updated since or it's 81 countries still? It is still 81. I keep so my amazing. website fa- fairly fairly uh, updated, so it's 81 still. So amazing. Six continents. His big goal is to be the
0: first family to visit Every single country in the world. Love that mission. Ricky is an internet marketer, digital nomad, and passionate husband and father of three young kids. Ricky, your YouTube channel had over 5 million views, which I'm guessing you probably make some revenue from ad spend on your YouTube platform. You've just finished, and I stand corrected because I remember being part of your 500th episode of your digital nomad podcast. You're now on episode
1: 512, but it is still an incredible accomplishment. You must be pounding on a podcast almost a day. Yeah, roughly. It's about one a day. I've done the 500 episodes in a year and a half. So it's pretty much exactly around the uh, podcast a day, Mark. How has that, uh,
0: just a little off topic, but anyone, I, I put a poll out on the Facebook group a few weeks ago and there were so many people interested in starting a podcast. And when I, people ask me why I started a podcast and it honestly wasn't to, to make money off it or anything like that. But it was honestly to connect with people that I probably would have never connected. That's why I started it at first. And the amount of people I've been able to connect with has been fascinating. Just a few days ago, some author uh, and like someone with millions of followers reached out to me on the sales topic she wants to talk about. And I'm like, this is so amazing. You've probably connected with some pretty amazing people uh, over 500 episodes.
1: I have. Yeah. And that's why I do it as well. I, I like to do it for the education yeah. in terms of me, but plus for my audience, I love to do it because of the connection and the networking. I mean, we, you and me, we connected through a podcast. Absolutely. And then, of course, uh, it's about building community and impacting the world and, uh, you know, generating revenue through the clients uh, that come in through the podcast as well. Yep,
0: I've, I've also noticed that one skill you have, and I'm sure you hear about this, and I don't know if this comes naturally to you or if you've developed it, is your uh, not networking ability,
1: but your relationship building skills. This, um, it, it is something I've developed because I grew up over there in North Van, not too far from you, and I was voted more shy at Windsor secondary school in North Vancouver. So definitely something I've developed in terms of going from shy to sociable and now a strong connector and networker.
0: Yeah. Anyone thinking of starting a podcast, cause I get it all the time. I would say find a, and is a little off topic, but just to drop one little value bomb before we get into Ricky's stuff is find your niche, find the thing you want to talk about. Like you probably have a common theme and you'll be amazed at the, the people you get to connect with and, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great little tool. So I would highly recommend anyone doing it. All you need is a mic and a bit of an internet connection. And it's cool, the technology. of I mean, You're somewhere in the opposite side of the world. And here we are just having a little chat about Digital Nomad and making money while traveling.
1: Yes, I'm, I happen to be in Manila, the capital of the Philippines, as we speak. Cool. Where's your next location? Where are you going to next? Uh, we're actually planning to do... Africa as a big next goal. I mean, we've done six continents. We have only done two countries in Africa. So there's 54 total countries in Africa. So that is a big, big next goal. And obviously, there's a whole bunch of fears yes. <laughs> and logistical uh, logistical issues around with travel around uh, uh, 54 country continents. So there's a lot of planning involved with that.
0: Who were your and, and just because I like to go on little tangents when an idea comes to my head, and I don't want to shun anyone else that was on your podcast. <laughs> Um, but who was one of the most interesting or one of some of your favorite episodes on your podcast maybe two or three of them did, do any stand out in your mind that you're just like wow that was so much fun or that was so cool to connect with this person i'm that sure that question all of them. is
1: yeah that question is so similar to the favorite country or the favorite kid question right. <laughs> i cannot pick a favorite kid i cannot pick a favorite country <laughs> and i cannot pick a favorite podcast but in terms of Uh, A few that stand out, Uh, I had a chance to interview the founder of Couchsurfing. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Couchsurfing is one of the biggest travel networks in the world where you are able to stay with people for quote-unquote free on their couches, their bedrooms, their mattress, in return for cultural exchange. And I've actually stayed at 50-plus different Couchsurfing hosts, and uh, it was so such a joy and pleasure to actually interview the person who made that happen. Not just sure. for me, but but in terms of tens of millions of people around the world. I think the network is like ten to twenty million people strong. Wow. Um, cool. So so that was probably the highlight uh, in terms of just the uh, one of my heroes. Uh, I got to interview him. I got to interview a couple of really influential. Uh, internet marketers like Yarrow Starek, he's sold over $1 million online. Yeah. And John Chow, he makes seven figures um, a year through through johnchow.com. So a couple of those guys are super, super inspirational as well. And then, you know, the other people are super inspirational. Other people are, who have, n- nobody has ever heard about. Like there's mm. this uh, a lady, her name is Chantel. And no one knows who Chant- uh, Chantel is, uh, Chantel Patton. Uh, but now they do because I'm cheering about her. But she's been to actually uh, 90 countries with her husband and kids. So this lady, she's been in 90 countries. She probably doesn't make as much as, you know, like John Chow, or are but the fact that she's been able to travel to 90 countries with her family, that to me is phenomenal. And I love telling those kind of stories, the yeah. unheard of stories, the not as uh, famous, quote-unquote, or the not as um, a popular ones. So, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on about my favorites, but those are uh, three or four to whet your appetites. So cool. So cool. So then asking you favorite countries visited is probably a horrible question to ask. No, you know, I, I actually don't mind answering all these questions, but just in a way like I usually if I get asked to these, it could go on like a one hour tangent <laughs> because I could talk about one country and I could just be so deep passionate dive. about it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I could go into like uh, countries like the top five countries. Right. And then I could also um, segment them into the top five countries to live. As an expat or short-term, um, you right. know, um, uh, relocating short-term, and then of course there's the top five countries to visit just as a pure tourist traveler. Um, right. And then there's there's like the there's like the cost of living variable, there's like the cultural variable, the language different variable, the amount of expats or the amount of uh, um, uh, other travelers you can connect with, and of course there's variables such as the internet internet stability. So. The favorite question, um, the favorite country question, It's a, it depends a on what. Yes, it depends, it depends. Well, we'll be kind of diving
0: into it later then because I will be talking yes. about struggles. Um, and, and it's funny because I do sometimes get asked questions of like, do I travel with my coaching business? My answer is no because I'm situated and I love my office and I love my 150 a second internet connections and all of that. So it will be a really cool to pick your brain on that. I do have a few questions that I'm going to layer into the actual value building stuff, like some of your craziest stories, some of the scariest stuff that's happened while traveling. So keep that in your mind. I'm going to save them for a little bit later. Um, right now, I want to get into a little bit of the actual value tidbits, and I want to wrap it around in your story. So I'm going to ask you, what did, did the digital nomad and did the internet business come first or did it come while traveling Needing to make money out of a necessity or were you like, you know what, I'm going to start an online business so I can travel with my family and visit all these amazing countries?
1: No, so I happen to be from Vancouver, the same city where you're from as well. So I was already working in internet marketing, um, but I I had a dual um, business where I was actually an event producer as well. So I was doing event production and I was doing internet marketing, but I decided to make the shift because as you can probably know, uh, event production is not location independent is location dependent in terms of a venue, a location, a city, a country, a continent? So I basically uh, I closed down shop in terms of the event production business. Uh, ironically enough, a lot of the events I ran, they're actually still continuing in my absence. Like I closed it down formally, but some of the like meetup groups or networking groups, they still exist both in the digital Facebook group form, but also some of my team took over some of the meetings. And I, I look at it like two years later, they're still running. So my legacy, if you want to call it that, cool. is still still being affected. So I decided to transition into full time one hundred percent location, independent income. Uh, So doing things like what we talked about, like the private coaching, online courses, Kindle books. And I actually, uh, in the last couple of days, I listed exactly my job titles and it came to about 15 from brand strategists to like a social media marketer, blogger, podcaster, YouTuber, uh, virtual summit creator, uh, course creator. (laughs) So I just like, man, I have like 15 job titles. uh, So I've been trying to like align them. So my next step is like, oh, how do I align them? Great. So it's just like, it's not necessarily the one thing, but I'm, a, I don't know if you know the term, but multi potentialite. So I love writing. I love podcasting. I love speaking. I love coaching. So I don't know if I could ever do the one thing like a lot of business people tell you to do because right. my one thing has multiple facets. It's still one thing. I'm teaching people about digital nomads, how to become a digital nomad, but I'm doing it through the medium of coaching, speaking, writing, podcasting, and YouTube.
0: That's great. It's still I, I still consider that kind of one thing. I've been the, you are the expert at one thing. So what we talked about niching your digital nomad and your helping digital nomads, I think is such an amazing niche because if you were just helping, you know, people start a travel business, it's just it doesn't speak as much. And I see so many coaches make the huge mistake of doing a lot of things not as in I, I believe you can you can do a lot of different mediums within one umbrella, but they are social media marketing experts. and also relationship coaches and they're World traveler bloggers and their, you know, uh, they run a they run a Facebook advertising thing, and it's just hard to be the expert in all of that. is 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 usually what I mean by one thing. So I think you're doing a
1: fantastic job of that. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, and even more narrow and niche than that, I'm really targeting digital nomad uh, dads, like digital nomad yeah. dads who are married with young kids. who are maybe right now, they're working and living in a suburb, but they want to take their kids on these amazing adventures. So it's even more hyper-targeted than just general digital nomad coaching.
0: That's great. And you're probably one of the best people to help them with that because you're actually doing it. And that is why it's so amazing to niche down into a very narrow field because now you're doing your client a huge amount of justice and a huge amount of value by being the best at it. And you're an easy choice, I'm sure. You're a no-brainer. If someone's looking for a guy like you to help, with your digital nomad business, a dad with kids, you're the only choice, probably on the internet, because no one else would be niche like that. So it's great. Exactly. Cool. So I'm, I'm gonna ask the question: why? And I know this is such a loaded question, but where did all this come from? So you ran your business, you ran two businesses in Vancouver, one was location dependent, one was location independent as a marketer. And what did the travel bug come? And then you were like, you know what, I gotta figure this shit out? Or Did you give it up, travel, then make money? How did that happen? And and what makes you wake up every morning and want to do this digital nomad business?
1: I love the why question because that drives me. That uh, stirs me up in my soul and spirit. So in terms of my why, um, you know, I could go back all the way to the beginning. So my old childhood, my parents uh, were constantly fighting. There was domestic violence, adultery. Mm -hmm. They ended up divorced. And as a child of divorce, a COD, it left me quite broken, insecure. So my greatest pain was a lack of family growing up. And now my greatest purpose and passion has become building strong families. And if you look at the divorce rate, divorce rate is like 50% plus. Um, You know, the family is in turmoil in terms of marriages are broken. Um, What happens when a marriage breaks? Children break. What happens when children break? They become broken adults who in turn break others. So it's a a ripple effect in terms of the brokenness paradigm. You know, plague, it's a plague plague of brokenness in terms of all going back to the family unit. So, for me, my purpose and passion isn't internet marketing, it is building strong fathers, marriages, and families. And that's my whole Daddy Blogger mission. That's so great. And of course, I'm doing that now through the power of travel because why we've chosen travel is because back in Vancouver, I was working like crazy, running my events. My wife was working for Best Buy Canada corporate. So, we are both working parents. Uh, she'd be working days, I'd be working evenings. We'd uh, like basically be uh, passing ships at like 5 p.m. when we traded the kids off and said, "Hey, hey, honey, here you go. Here's all the stuff." Uh, have a good day, have a good day, boom, boom, boom right. and then, uh, you know, I did my work, she did my work but we were being hypocritical in the sense, we I wasn't living on mission and purpose and in, in alignment with my value system, so we had to make the tough decision on whether we're going to live in a suburb for the next 20 years, working like crazy in the most one of the most unaffordable cities yeah. in the world, with eight months of rain, which didn't affect my psychology very well in terms of depression and like looking at the clouds and being motivated so yeah. I was fired up but but um, I like looking at the blue sky. So <laughs> I, I couldn't in Vancouver. And no offense to my fellow Vancouvers but just for me, I had to get out. I um, think we can I all relate to, at some level. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a sun chaser. So I'm say, chasing the sun. And I, I throw in a little bit of a uh, uh, kind of a funny uh, Christian joke here because I'm a Christian. So I'm chasing the sun, S-O-N, son of God, Jesus. <laughs> but I'm right. also chasing the S-U-N, uh, the blue sky, sunny weather. So we left... For multiple reasons, you know, the why we left question is multifold. Uh, We left for living our value system. We left for showing our kids the world. We left because of the weather. We left because we wanted to... um, um, have a stronger family unit, and ultimately we left to impact this amazing world. You know, I'm able to create a much bigger impact in terms of the stuff I'm doing now than I was when I was confined to a city in terms of running events. Now I have a huge global audience. You mentioned the numbers there, like 5 million in YouTube and, you know, 100,000 on social media, 10,000 mm-hmm. on my blog, et cetera. So I feel just in terms of impact, um, I have a greater one. So, of course, it started with me. In terms of making sure I'm healthy and happy, make sure my family's strong and stable, and then ultimately being a greater difference maker to this amazing world we live in.
0: So powerful! Everyone listening to that, take a note. Of I had goosebumps, and and you know I don't even necessarily relate to some of the story of an abusive family. I was quite fortunate with the family. We were immigrants. Mm. And maybe they weren't financially secure, but there was so much love in the family, and that's I value that so highly. So I can't even relate to your story, but just you tapping into your why and sharing personally makes me want – you just attract me into your story and into your business and into your brand instantly. And if coaches could share their story and share everything as openly as you did when it comes to sharing why they do what they do, you know it doesn't have to come from a, from a horrible situation like that. But even just getting personal will – Attract people in. So if you listen to Ricky's story there and you were like, wow, that's so powerful. And if you're not sharing your story, you can do the same thing. Anyone listening to this, no matter what kind of business you run, especially coaching. Uh, So that's really powerful, Ricky. That's so amazing.
1: Yeah, people don't care
0: what you do, they care why you do it. Totally. So powerful. So powerful. Um, I could go off on a bit of a tangent, but I'm going to keep things on point. Cool. So, okay. So you're leaving. Vancouver. <laughs> you knew you had to leave to chase your value system and all that. You did not know you're going to have 5 wow. million views on YouTube and all these things. Like That wasn't your plan. Um, did you have a business plan or were you like, you know what? Screw it. We'll figure this shit out.
1: Um, I'm very much more of an impromptu, spontaneous right. key, uh, action taker. The key is the action taker element of being spontaneous. Right. Um, I'm not as much of a planner. So there's a whole ready, a fire and an aim later. Right. So I I, I fire quick, right? So I fire quick in terms of creating products, services. But the thing is, once I fire and create that product to service, I'm uh, analytical. I look at, is it working? How much time am I investing on it? And is it a good return of time for money investment, right? So I do that on on the back end, not in the front end. Other people are different way in terms of like, they analyze first, then they implement, and then, you know, it works or doesn't. I'm like, we're going to be be good friends. I I can relate to that. We're going to be good buddies, Yeah. We are already we already yeah. good buddies, but uh, in terms of uh, yeah, so definitely it's been like a uh, trial and error. Honestly, I've tried stuff and it just bombed on me. I tried a virtual summit last year. It bombed in terms of number of attendees and in terms of profit. And I'm just like, well, it was my first time. I'm not gonna critique the model. It just so didn't great. work for me the first time I did it. So it's like, okay, I've learned from that. And if I do a virtual summit again. I know what I did wrong. I'll fine tune it. But I'm not going to say the model didn't work, period, because it does work for a lot of other people. So a lot of like yeah. I just want to uh, if there is something that's failed, I look at myself and said, I caused it to fail. And then if it succeeds, it's like I caused it to succeed because oh, of right. these, these, these and these variables. So it's very much being a trial and error process, even when we're traveling. And it will always be that way. Even with you, Lucas, you have a you know successful business, but I'm sure you're trial and erroring um, trial, uh, and error, you know, making, making huge. like adjustments as you go. Every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Every single day. I think the amount of failure that you face is directly
0: proportional to the amount of success you see, like be more, I'm like, can I fail 10 times today because that I'm going to succeed once. If I fail 10 times over the week, I might just succeed once over the week. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge, I probably relate to you on a lot of levels of just like machine gun fire and what's the best <laughs> go this way. Yes. This is perfect. Um, where a lot of people sit on the fence their whole lives. Okay, so you figured it out. You guys started traveling, so you pulled the trigger first, and then you figured it out. Obviously, you've been doing this for a few years. How long have you been on the road for now?
1: Uh, it's been a year and a half, continuously, nonstop. So awesome. uh, we left in December 6, 2016. We're recording this, like, almost near the end of 2018, so it's been a so year cool. and a
0: half. So you figured it out, started making some money enough to support the family. I'm sure that's always growing. I, I know the money isn't the initial primary driver for you but that's the outcome of creating an impact and having a you know having a mission having a why and creating an impact um cool and how long do you see yourself doing this for your kids are growing up i, I actually heard a really cool thing i had a coach in one of my programs she was a coach who helped moms overcome um, mom guilt and shame and she was a successful entrepreneur and i started thinking i'm like <clears throat> you know how do these digital nomads when they're traveling with their kids because everybody is probably saying oh my god you know, your kids, shouldn't they be in the same school? What about their friends? Like, I'm sure you get asked this all the time and trying, you know, to be guilted into this, like, is this the best thing for the kids? I am sure that it's amazing for the kids because I've met some people who traveled the world in a sailboat when they were little kids and they're so well-educated, well-versed in these open, like, I, I think it's a great thing. Um, But what's the plan moving forward and how do you deal with that? Like the family, I'm sure there's stressful times.
1: Yes, uh, every day, every day. It's stressful no matter where in the world you are. Um, yeah. You know, our kids are young. Our kids are six, four, and two. So our kids would do the same stuff they do now. <laughs> Wherever we are, if we were back in our um, you know, uh, hometown, they would be throwing tantrums there will be sibling rivalry. They'll be fighting all the time. They'll be, uh, you know, the same kids in terms of the same actions. They're not the same in terms of the mindset and the paradigm of the world now, but in terms of just the way they are because their maturity level, kids are kids. So there's stress associated with just having three kids, period. But in terms of the stress added when you're traveling, um, you know, you can just imagine anyone who's taken a plane with uh, kids, (laughs) you know, either as a passenger or as a parent will relate to the struggle of having kids on a long flight across an ocean and keeping them quiet. It is so hard. Uh, so you got to obviously uh, have multiple ways of distracting them and not necessarily screen time. Of course, on a plane, there's a TV, then screen time's okay. But we try not to, um, you know, do screen time. I feel it's uh, destructive to their brains and their creativity. Right. So we limit screen time. Uh, But we try to foster creativity within them and, you know, things like puzzles and games and uh, creativity. Like, we'll just put them on a bus and not give them any technology and they'll figure it out. They'll look out the window and they'll start playing games with each other. And I kind of just analyze it. I'm like, I'm not going to give them any clues. I'm not going to give them any suggestions. I'm going to just leave them on the bus and let them figure out what to do with the time. And Mm -hmm. they are so, 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 so creative. We've taken like 23 hour bus rides from like Northern Chile to San Diego, the capital of Chile. And they have been fine without one technology device for the entire 23 hours. So that's a game for me as a dad. And as my wife, as a mom, it's like, we have a tech backup in case they throw a tantrum and we just need it. But, you know, we just like to play a game like, well, let's do this and let's see how creative that can be. So some of the challenges, um, you know, obviously uh, schooling, you brought that up. Socialization, you brought that up. So those are the two big uh, challenges, quote unquote, uh, schooling. I mean, there's a di- there's different types of schooling. There's traditional schooling in terms of public or private. There's world schooling, road schooling, life schooling, unschooling, self-directed mm-hmm. learning. So there's a huge spectrum to the educational approaches. So I don't wanna say this is right or this is wrong because every parent has to make that decision themselves. For us, again, this is just from our perspective, we have tried a lot of those approaches. We have tried public schooling, we've tried private schooling, we've tried unschooling, we are doing homeschooling and we've even put them in a local school here. Um, So we find a uh, hybrid of schooling yeah. is the best, quote unquote, because they do need some kind of schooling in terms of their education and in terms of the teacher, in terms of the socialization and classmates. I'm a big advocate of that, but I also am a big advocate of uh, supplementing that through travel, through cultural immersion, through languages. So that is my conclusion that a hybrid of is the best quote unquote for our family. And socialization, I mean, they're socializing all the time uh, because they're able to communicate with different people, not just their friends down the street. Uh, so I feel socialization is a struggle in terms of long-term, constant stable, like friendships, which we're uh, analyzing actually. This is something we constantly do as moms and dads is analyze. What is the effect of our choices? both the pro and the con. So it's not just like, okay, let's do this and we'll see what happens. It is a constant, like you said, I don't know if you want to call it the dad or mom guilt, but it's the it's the mom and dad over analysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this choice good for them? Is this choice bad for them? Right. So we have concluded that travel is good for them for this time period. Um, and we'll see every year and reevaluate every year whether That's we're going to continue doing it or set up bases. Like right now we have set up a base in the Philippines for six months. So we put them in a local private school and uh, we're seeing, do we like it? How's the climate? How's the cost of living? How's okay. it like living in the Philippines? And in a year we might be like, no, this is, Not working in terms of the internet, in terms of the pollution or poverty. It's not working in terms of just some variables. And then we'll try another place. So that's kind of what we're leaning to do is set up bases in different parts of the world.
0: Course correction. And what I love about talking to you, and we're going to be diving into some more of the the technical stuff of your business, is – I'm always, and I have this way of doing it, I'm, I'm quite optimistic. Like when I'm going after something, I'm just like, oh yeah, this is gonna work, no problem. And it's not that, like it's per like I'm very optimistic when it comes to like my business and moving forward. And I'll always, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but this is what I do. I always look at my position, even when I'm facing obstacles and problems, like everything's against me and this went wrong and whatever. But I always look at people in worse situations and I'm like, wait, they figured it out. If they can do it, I can do it. It's not that bad. And I keep moving forward. And you're building a business or you did a year and a half ago. You started building a coaching business and different revenue streams while traveling. Internet to me, Ricky, is like the sacred thing. If I travel, I call ahead to the hotel. Do you have high speed? Can I hardwire into the wall? Like I will pay $500 a night for a hotel if I have to to get fast Wi-Fi. To me, Wi-Fi is this golden. I'm married to this Wi-Fi thing. I can't even imagine traveling. Again, we probably have a bit different business model. Um, I'm very intimate with my clients and I'm always on the phone with them and coaching calls and I work very closely with them. So I'd have to use a different model to do something like you do, but how stressful is that? Like you have an internet business that relies on the internet, relies on Wi-Fi, relies on satellites. And I'm sure there's times where you're like, shit, I can't connect to the internet or there's no internet. And how do you, how do you cope with that? And to everyone listening in Canada, and the U S where you have nice clean Wi-Fi, and you may have like... You have a few things against you, but this guy Ricky right here has not only poor Wi-Fi and probably all these things against him, but the kids and the traveling. How many times I hear someone who's like, well, you know, I have a kid. I don't have that much time to work on my business. I'm just like, dude, from now on, I'm just going to say, check out my boy Ricky because he has all that and more and he's still crushing it out there. Um, how, how do you move forward through all of that? The stressful times when it comes to your business.
1: You find a way. So in terms of Boom. how I do it, you got to remember this. I have been doing coaching. I've been doing dozens of clients over the last year and a half. So it's not like I do it in terms of like full time, eight hours a day of coaching period. But it's, yeah. I've been doing um, you know, dozens of clients over the last uh, year and a half. And I've been doing 500 interviews. And not Hmm. one of those interviews was in my high-speed home office of Vancouver. All of those 500 episodes have been in multiple cities, countries, continents, uh, multiple time zones, uh, multiple internet uh, quality. So I am uh, dependent on Wi-Fi to make things go smoothly. So these are some tips and advice for people who are internet-based uh, internet marketers, regardless of coaches or, you know, online course creators or e-commerce stores or social media marketing managers, in terms of um, how you do it, firstly is um, you, like you said, you you can either call or email the uh, accommodation in advance and you ask them to do a speed test. So if you go into Airbnb, you ask them to do a speed test, screen capture and send it to you. Um, The speed test will tell you the upload and download speed, and um, that will at least give you some stability and peace of mind that you know the internet will be decent. Uh, But you also have multiple backups. So I have something called a pocket Wi-Fi. Um, So I know this is just an audio interview, but um, uh, there's a pocket Wi-Fi, which I carry on. So if the internet bombs and fails, I have a pocket Wi-Fi as a backup. Plus, um, I have a local SIM card, so I have data as a backup. Right. If the electricity goes out, I can still get onto, in, term, in terms of the hotel or the Airbnb electricity, I can still get onto the data from my phone, right. and I can still message the person and say, "Sorry, I got to reschedule," or "I'm going to do this call from my home, uh, from my uh, uh, phone." Um, and right. then the other backups are obviously like in that area. There's probably going to be a, a restaurant, a cafe, or um, something I've been doing here in the Philippines, by the way, because Philippines doesn't have very good internet generally. I've been using internet cafes, right. <laughs> and uh, it's been a creative solution because back in Vancouver, I didn't even know internet cafes was still a thing. Right? <laughs> they, I right. don't think they are a thing. But here in the Philippines, you go into an internet cafe, you have high-speed internet, a lot of teenagers are playing video games, and there's me doing business <laughs> coaching calls, and all the teenagers will walk past, they'll be like... You're talking to a foreigner. Who's that dude? Who's that girl? And then my coaching clients, uh, I mean, of course, I have like earphones. It's private. But they'll just kind of be like, you know, who are these people? So it's right. actually fun. That's great. Uh, and uh, my clients actually respect the fact that I've still figured out a way. They're very understanding, too. You have to remember this. Like people are actually like, yeah. they respect. There's a respect factor. They're like, and that's your niche too. You, 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 figured it, you figured it out to do this on the road. And yeah. they totally understand. Yeah. Ricky, we get it. You're in the Philippines third world country of course you're not going to have high-speed internet we respect and we, we they, even if I have to reschedule they yeah. will they will uh, agree to it so and sure. I try my best you know but the thing is yes there's going to be stress yes there's going to be frustration but you have to figure out whether the desired travel is greater than your desire to live through the stress or, you know, like live with bad internet. So for me, the prioritization of travel is greater than my um, desire for a super fast internet 24-7.
0: I'm going to be thinking about you. I'm on a a plane in a few weeks to go to Jason Capital's Mastermind in San Francisco and then rent a car and drive down to Los Angeles, spend a few days and then fly back. And every time, like I have two weeks of anxiety about like, okay, Airbnb here. (laughs) I'll work three, four hours here. I like have to plan out. I'm like, I am obsessed with – I'm a control freak and I'm obsessed with scheduling and I need my – I'm just that way. I always have been for better or worse. It's always been the way I am and I, and I don't mind it. It moves the business forward. But I'm going to be thinking about you when I'm on that plane, stressing out about will I have Wi-Fi on this plane or not. I'm just going to let it go and do the best I can and figure it out. Um, OK, cool. So moving forward. So you figure out the coaching thing. You're also in the digital nomad space coaching. So it's kind of cool because you're also overcoming problems that your clients are going to be potentially overcoming. So I can see them being completely understanding when you, when you have these, actually one really quick question, because I'm interested in that device you have that pocket Wi-Fi. Is that hooking up to a satellite and you're paying for some kind of data or is that just
1: doing an extension to get a better Wi-Fi signal? Uh, No, this is actually independent. So this is an independent. Uh, it, it's literally internet in your pocket. So cool. I can go to a cafe, a restaurant, a beach, and as long as there's signal, mm-hmm. I can still get internet. So it just allows me to have internet on the go because sometimes on a, I'm on a bus, I'm on a train, I'm um, in between yeah. um, places, so I can still have a backup Wi-Fi. Um, so it just like, satellite. like I said, I said it's like backups, right? So I have my data. Yeah. I got my pocket Wi-Fi. I have my plug-and-play Wi-Fi, and then I have like the venue Wi-Fi from the accommodation.
0: And that is satellite. That must be through satellite, then, obviously.
1: Yes. Yeah. Cool. It's it's country dependent, so it's not global. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So you'll have to do it like if you're in China, you got to get a pocket Wi-Fi for the Chinese network. Oh, if you do it in uh, Taiwan, it'll be uh, only dependent on Taiwan. They are global uh, devices such as these uh those the there's like a monthly fee i actually haven't done that yet uh but there's there's global versions uh cool. but of course if you're like i'm in the philippines for a few months if you're going to be in thailand or bali for a few months just get the local either cool. it's called a plug and play where you actually literally have to plug it in to make your work or this is like uh you know it's charged so yeah. it will still work uh, you know in terms of uh, un- unplugging it and uh, making it you just have to plug it in every now and then to do, charge it
0: and it gives you enough data to get on calls pretty well as in like stream video and get on calls like the bandwidth is enough to do all that
1: yeah i mean like i have i'm depending on both video and audio and um, again uh, when i'm talking to my clients and i find the bandwidth's low or yeah. it's, it's cutting in and out or i look a little bit grainy i'll say hey do you mind doing audio only today or let's See how it goes. And if if it keeps being not so stable, let's switch to audio. And again, uh, I just want to like you might have these fears and I still I had them and I have them because there's no way I want a paying client to feel, man, this guy's not respecting my time. He's not showing up. His internet's not working. And I'm always aware of that. I'm conscious of it, and I'm trying to be proactive to solve that solution. So I do believe there's always solutions, and there's always ways to, like I said at the very beginning of the answer to the question, to find a way. Totally. So amazing. Cool. Okay, let's talk about a little bit of the the strategic side. I know you have blogging.
0: I know you do a lot of content marketing, YouTube, and stuff. What do you think your one, two, maybe your three top sources and you do speaking, so you're doing all of this, of uh, lead generation or maybe even better uh, getting clients? What, what's your main sources and how are you generally getting most of your clients?
1: Yeah, so I'm a prolific content creator um, and I do it in a very strategic way in terms of content creation. And this is a great question for people who are like, social media takes too much time and I can't handle all these platforms, et cetera. So, how can Ricky, who is a dad of three kids, travel the world and still have, you know, like a thousand plus blog posts, 500 podcasts, you know, 10,000 videos on YouTube and post daily on social media? Well, this is how it is. Wait, went.
0: wait, wait, wait. How many videos on YouTube?
1: I actually have 10,000 plus videos on my YouTube channel. When did and you start uploading views. videos? Uh, my YouTube channel has been around since 2008. Okay, 10 years. Okay, Cool. Um, so I have a lot of videos, as you can imagine, traveling to 81 countries. So yeah. I'm constantly on my iPhone shooting videos, and uh, I don't necessarily make these beautiful, highly edited highlights. Reels, I don't think you have to, I'm, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just shooting short clips. of like, here is the beach in Thailand. Here is the hotel uh, review of um, you know, uh, Hong Kong, etc. So in terms of um, uh, how do I uh, repurpose? So what I do is like, I'll give you an example of my podcast. So, I do my podcast through a Zoom, and I use a Zoom webinar. What I do is I interview the guests one on one, and I'll stream the interview on YouTube. So I'll go on YouTube at the same time. I'll be interviewing the guest, And then that video version, I put it on my social media and I'll put it on iTunes. Uh, You know, when I interviewed you, Lucas, I did the same thing. I put it on my YouTube channel. It's on iTunes and it is on social media as a Facebook uh, video. So I'm I'm, I'm targeting uh, multiple audiences there. And of course I can put on my blog as well. Right. So through one video, it's just me talking to a, a person. I have a blog post. I have a social media post. I got a podcast iTunes interview, plus I have a new video on my YouTube channel. So the right. interview itself only takes like 30, 40 minutes, and I already have four Pieces of content reaching four different types of people. So how have right. we been able to build up all those platforms? I've just been repurposing, right? And right. the other thing you can do, which, which I haven't done, is repurpose the interviews into like a Kindle book or like taking the content and turning it into a course. So right. there's even more ways you can repurpose. So that's what that would be one my big one. My one big suggestion is repurpose whatever you have, even your coaching programs. I want to say this too. Whatever you're coaching on. One-on-one privately, turn that into a group program, which you, you do, Lucas, really well. Plus, turn that into an online course so people can watch at, your, at their own speed and time. Plus, totally. turn that into like a workshop series live. So... I actually do that here in the Philippines. Uh, all of my content, all of the stuff I do digitally, I'm actually also doing physical workshops because I have that background in right. event production. I love the in-person handshakes, the high fives, the, the booms, right? Yeah. I love connecting with people in person. Uh, right. So I still do workshops. I've done them in Lima, Peru. I've done them in Medellin, Colombia, in Nicaragua, here in Manila, Philippines. So I, I, I just i am a big advocate of the repurposing model in terms of both digital and virtual and physical. I'm going to
0: say one more thing. And I I noticed this of a trait. I've I've done quite a few podcast episodes, but I've also met and I talk to probably every day. I don't know. I I don't want to make this number but probably 10 coaches. Either they're reaching out to me with questions or they're asking me to help them or, you know, we're on a discovery call or actual coaching clients, whatever. I'm, I'm saturated. I'm always around coaches and I've been fascinated probably for about six years now, not in just the coaching space, but why do some people succeed? And some people fail with all the same resources. Why can Ricky go and travel the world, start a coaching business, digital nomad, do his thing, raise his kids, enjoy? Um, And why do some try, maybe never start, fail? And I would say one thing, I just want to give you a little, like, just let you know that your energy, and I talk about people's energy all the time, is so, not energy in like the woo-woo sense, but your actual physical energy. You get excited about what you're talking about, and when you're excited about your niche and the people you help, probably like you, you sh- it's not hard for you to go on 500 episodes in a year and a half and repurpose the content because you have this energy of like you're you're fired up about it and you want to share it with so many freaking people. That creating content doesn't feel like a chore. I'm sure to you, maybe some days, but for the most part, it's it's fun, right? You 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 love what you
1: do and you have a ton of energy to go behind it because you love it. Yes, it's not what you do, it's who you are. And don't. because I, I'm doing what I am, I am so, 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 so passionate about it. It's contagious. And people want to work with people who are contagious, right? They don't want to work Love with it. negative people who like who complain. I don't like chasing yeah. after clients. I don't like always doing strategy sessions. I don't like uh, you know cance- clients canceling on me. I don't like creating coaching programs. That energy and that mindset is gonna be why you are a failure. I'm just being blunt here, you know. Yeah, I'm a nice dude, guy, I but I, but, I, but at times you've got to be blunt because if you are just this uh, positive, beat energetic person, you're gonna be away by the coach. Because I I meet coaches, I'm like, why the heck? would I want to get coaching from you when you're being so critical, engineer, even when you're trying to build your coaching programs, right? So, and I, I, you know, people have to get through their stuff and I still have to do too. So you'll you probably notice that even stronger than me because you're the coach's coach and you are yep. seen your coach clients like just like complain about, you know, chasing after clients and uh, cancel, uh, you know, like uh, creating programs where people commit, but then they cancel. So of course. you just yep. have to be so um, unfazed by that. You're like, that's their bad, not mine, right? Like I'm going to do what I do and the right people are going to work with me. I love that. And just really, really important of
0: doing, I'm I'm not going to say doing what you love because I don't wake up every day being like, I'll tell you this, and I'm really open is right before this podcast interview, I actually had a group coaching call, but right before that, I kind of took a half hour in my bed. I was tired. I woke up early and I was like, you know what? I'm like, I am so tired right now. I'm just going to lie down in bed. And I'm lying there and then I have to get on my group call the second the camera's on and I start working with my clients. All of a sudden I'm like – I'm all sweaty, dude. Like I'm all I'm almost <laughs> dying. And then I the group call is over and I'm like, oh my god, I got a podcast with Ricky. I had to change my shirt because I was covered in sweat <laughs> because I have – I love what I do and it, it just fires me up. And if you can find that – and I know you have, Ricky, but anyone listening, you will be – fucking unstoppable like nothing shit will happen but you will just be so unfazed by what is going on when you tap into that and that's what i ultimately want every human being to experience because there's so much power in that and i'm 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 happy i'm talking to someone who's found that it's so cool and that is how you've created ten thousand videos which is crazy to me but that's pretty impressive
1: yeah that's the whole area of passion monetization i love this topic Uh, i'll quickly give a little tip on this so there's something called your shape Um, It's the S-H-A-P-E, your shape is spiritual gifts, S-H, heart, passion, A is your abilities, P is your personality, and E is your experiences, so that is who you are. Spiritual gifts, heart, passion, a, abilities, p personality, e experiences. And then you got to figure out uh, who you are, what you like to do, what the marketplace needs and find that sweet golden spot. Because you might love doing something, gardening or uh, playing chess or something, but the market might not need that, yeah. right? There might not be a need for that. So then you might try to pa- uh, monetize gardening, but you might struggle with it because there's no need in the marketplace for that. Um, I mean, but 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 there are gardeners who actually have monetized it too, right? So uh, you got to find a way uh, of figuring out who the gardeners who monetize the passion are and do what they've done, right? So for me and you, you know, you figure out a way to uh, build up like a six-figure coaching business, Lucas. For me, yeah. I'm not at six figures, period, but I figured out a way to be location independent as a traveling dad with three That's kids, right? So someone like find someone like, find someone yeah. like you and copy, ask for them, ask for their help, et cetera, right? Um, so that's exactly what we did in terms of when I was in a confused state, when I was looking for what to do, I looked for other parents, other moms and dads who were traveling the world. And I'm like, how, how, how? And I picked their brain, asked them, do all my interviews, right? And then I just started implementing exactly. So it's something called R&D, rip off and duplicate. And that's that. the greatest way to monetize your passion is to find another person who's monetizing in the same fashion and do that. Love that. Tony Robbins, I was talking about modeling, which I picked up three, four years ago of like,
0: I was, I am pretty independent. I would consider myself like, I don't like listening to it. I have a hard time taking advice, which I've been working on the last few years, but I would try to do everything myself. And I was like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. I have nothing to show for it. And then I just found people who are doing it. I would either pay them or exchange something for their time, whatever I had to do. I had to be resourceful at first because I was 50 grand in debt. Um, And how do you do it? And let me just copy it. Like I'm not going to reinvent. I'm not going to reinvent my group coaching programs. I'm not going to re. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to take what you have, find ways to make it better, and make it work. But there's no need to reinvent absolutely anything, um, unless maybe you're that one percent of Elon Musk's who's like sending people to Mars, which is just an incredible feat. But you know, he didn't start there either. He started by just wanting to make the banking system better and by making maps better. Like it's not like he was a crazy genius at first. So it's it's it that's. I love it. That's what I'm trying to say. So awesome. Cool. Ricky. Okay. What is next? So now you're in, uh, where are you again? Milan?
1: Uh, uh Manila. Manila,
0: Philippines. Manila, Manila, that's right. In the Philippines. Uh, what is next? You've been on the road for a year and a half. Your business is growing. You're having fun doing that. What countries are next? Do you have a plan or do you more course correct? Here's where the kids it's working. If it's not working, then you decide to move.
1: Uh, yeah, we do have a plan, like um, yeah, you mentioned at the very beginning in, my, uh, in the intro. Uh, it's the plan is to uh, be the first family to visit 193 countries. And the way we do that is basically ticking off countries at a time and continents at a time. So in uh, North America, we did every single country in continental America, from Alaska to Panama, and then we did South America, every single country, 12 out of 12 in South America. So we've actually done the whole continental U.S., from Alaska to Argentina as a family. Um, Asia, we've done most of it with the exception of Bhutan, uh, Papua New Guinea, and a couple of harder-to-reach places like (laughs) North Korea. Uh, Africa, that's been a continent we have only done two countries of. So that is next. Uh, We are planning, We are strategizing it, Uh, talking to families who have actually done Africa. I'm interviewing families on my show. It's like Africa is a huge continent, and um, there's a lot of fears around sickness, disease, political situation, Wi-Fi issues, distances, uh, safety, et cetera. So I specifically talk to other traveling families who have done Africa. I don't talk to solo. I mean, I do still talk to solo, um, like, backpacker types or couples. But my specific is, like, how do you travel as a family to Africa? And I haven't done it. Therefore, I, I'm, I'm basically following my own advice by rip, uh, replicating and duplicating other families who've done it. That's it. Uh, so that's next. That's next. Uh, we have to still do a lot of Middle East. Uh, we still have to do a lot of the Eastern Europe. I have not done the biggest country in the world yet, which is Russia. Uh, so I want to do the Trans-Siberian. So um, And, of course, I've only done six continents. So I'm missing Antarctica. So there's a lot still to go. And um, it can feel overwhelming. Uh, but I think it's like, okay, being strategic, making a decision and doing one country, one continent, one place at a time. So yeah, Africa's next.
0: You said one thing that I just want to shout at one at a time. I always, people are like, man, how do I get, how do I make six figures a year? Or how do I get 10 clients? And I'm like, well, to make six figures a year, you got to start by making, you know, a thousand dollars a month and then $2,000 a month, focus on the next step. If you want to get 10 clients, master getting one, because if you can master getting one, you'll get two, three, four, five. I guess if you want to travel all the continents in the world and all the countries, you just start by doing the next one and the next one. And you do one at a time because you can't do all at a time. What happens after that, Ricky? I know it's a hard question. You traveled every country, every continent. You've seen it. All. You've seen everything. What's going to happen after that? Have you thought that far ahead?
1: It's going to happen. I have no doubt. Of course. I'm always thinking of what's next. And um, I want to say this, too. Travel on its own, there could be a narcissistic element in terms of like, okay, let's just tick off all the boxes. Mm -hmm. Let's just visit every country. But actually, my goal is can we volunteer in every country in the world? We Mm -hmm. actually work with an orphanage. It's called um, SOS Children's Village. Uh, We create awareness. We fundraise for them. And we um, help out at orphanages because that's one of my big passions, the family unit. And it goes back to that first question about the Why? So my why is so aligned with this family unit. And of course, orphans have lost their moms and dads. So how can we as a family come and bring that place of motherhood and fatherhood and, um, you know, our siblings connecting with orphans? So that's my big heart and passion is like, how can we impact orphans and impact families while we travel? So what's next? I mean, I have a big passion to build orphanages, so uh, I'm not there yet in terms of the actual implementation of it. But, but how am I learning? By volunteering in them. You know, so building cool. an orphanage is a little bit um, not, uh, not yet, kind of like I could do it. If I'm so passionate, I would have found a way to do it already. But I don't feel I, I have the passion to the degree where I would have done it yet. So I'm learning by going to them, volunteering them, seeing what the issues are with the orphan orphan model and um learning and the big goal is like let's start our own and let's transform this world through the power of the family unit so it all goes back from amazing. the beginning to the end to building strong families building strong kids and building the next generation so amazing ricky two more questions first one
0: um i ask everyone these two. two first one's really simple if someone wants to follow you along in your journey see what you're doing where are some of the best places to find you i'm also going to put the links below both on itunes soundcloud and in the write-up on lucasrubix.com slash podcast. Um, where are where can people find you and follow along in your journey?
1: Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So uh, shetty.com is my personal profile. Uh, sorry, personal brand, shetty.com, Daddyblogger.com is uh, all the area to do with fatherhood, family, marriage, if people are interested in that side of who I am. And then Digital Nomad Mastery, if people are interested in being digital nomads, I would love to help you get on the road as well. So I'm easy to find all over the internet. I'm going to put all the links
0: below, make sure I get them all from you. Final question. I ask everyone this question and you can take maybe not 30 minutes to think about it, but you can take as long as you want to think about it is it can be from a business perspective or a personal perspective. It doesn't matter. But one of the biggest lessons, and this is a hard one, it's probably like the country question or the favorite guest question. One of the biggest lessons you learn that if you could pass down to a 20 or 25 year old who's. Trying to you know, figure it out. Obviously, they want to make some money, but they want to move forward. They want to find their passion. They want to find a lot of I, – I didn't figure out what the hell I wanted to do till I was 28. I was just walking around wasting time and money and hurting people all over the place. What advice would you give them
1: that would make a really big impact um, maybe to a younger you or someone like that? Yes, my biggest advice, you know, as a child of a divorce, a broken, uh, shy kid, you know, who really struggled with my identity is this statement. It's four words It's not about you. Hmm. I'm going to repeat that. It's actually from a book, The Purpose of a Life by Rick Warren, New York Times bestseller. The first sentence of the book is this The Purpose of a Life, it's not about you. So stay with that, even now as you're listening to this podcast. Why are you going to get into coaching? Why are you going to travel the world? Why are you wanting to make a difference? It's not about you. It's not about Lucas, not about Ricky. It's about literally the thousands of millions of impact you're going to have. And Lucas, I want to say this to close the show. You inspire me, my friend, because what you're doing is you have a huge ripple effect. You are coaching coaches who in turn coach clients who in turn The clients become better citizens, better contributors, better difference makers. So you, my friend, in your office, you're actually creating this massive, massive, massive million-plus people ripple effect, which has changed the world. So you're a shining, living example of it's not about you, model. So I want to encourage the people listening here who are around the world, who are maybe dreaming of, of figuring out who they are, whether they want to be coaches, whether they want to travel the world, whether they want to make money whenever you do that, figure out it's not about you. Like for me, it's like, how do I build other strong families? And how do I make sure that other kids don't end up as a child of divorce and be broken as I was needing all the healing. So now my big goal is like building strong fathers, marriages, families. And that is my why. It's not about me. It's about other fathers, other marriages, other families, other kids in the world. So powerful, Ricky. Do you
0: find, I'm going to loop one thing around. Do you find that I know in my mid twenties, I was so focused on making money and I seemed to find it very hard to make money. And then something snapped in me. I don't know what happened. And I was like, wait, I just literally, honestly wanted to start helping other people. And all of a sudden I started making money and I've kept that model mm. going to the point where when someone asks me, how do you make, How do, how can I make money online? I don't really answer that question anymore. But if someone asks me, how can I help more people? I'm just like, bam, let's get to work because if, if we
1: can do that, do you find that happen in your life as well? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So your network's your net worth and service equals sales and salary. Yeah. So when you're focused on building your network, that leads to your net worth if you do it properly and if you're focused on serving in terms of very hard um, standard approach, that will lead to more sales because the more you serve, the more people want to buy your stuff. Right. So instead of focusing on, I don't like to sell again, it's all mindset, right? People like, I don't like to sell. What you're saying is you don't like to serve because service is selling. Yeah. So if you can go to the mentality, i love to serve. Therefore you will sell because if you don't sell, you're not serving the clients that need you so desperately. So you're therefore not helping. So sit with that. Think about then like, Am I really stuck on the sales issue or am I really stuck on the service issue? So flip it around. I love to serve and you'll sell more.
0: Ricky, we could talk for about six more hours, but I'm going to respect everybody's time. Thank you so much for your time. Super powerful. I'm going to put all the links for your stuff below and I'm going to be following your journey and I'm sure
1: we'll be collecting, connecting in the future. Yeah, and I'd love to help out any of your listeners here if you need any support or help. Reach out, my friends, uh, you know, no matter what situation you're in. If you resonate with my story, I want to help. I love it. All your links will be
0: below, and I'm going to be pushing that to the list for sure. Um, Love it. Thanks so much,
1: Ricky. You're welcome, and thanks for having me on your show, Lucas. Thanks, brother.